play the piano, then tell him to get out of the recital. You know what I mean? Hold on one sec. Yeah, buddy, I gotta make this quick. Then may I recommend the instant demands? They're flash fried. Yeah, 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 I don't need the recipe. Just get it out here with a side of frazzled nerves and bring the check while you're at it. Absolutely. I needed the reports like yesterday. Hey, buddy, can you replace this one with one that's burnt above ends? I've got to work late tonight, honey. Yikes. How's your week been? Has it been busy? Has it been crazy? School started this week? Yeah, woohoo. Yeah, you, you say that when you don't have any kids in school or anything like that, right? Uh, trying to get things together, get ready to go, teachers getting things to go. Uh, some of us uh, who don't have kids at home anymore uh, get surprised usually these first couple weeks with one of these. We're zipping late to something, and all of a sudden we're stuck, and it's stopping every mile, and we're like, oh, just frantic, and it just compounds the urgency, and uh, it, just, it just makes things just uh, really, really crazy. And, you know, as things get crazy and things get urgent, it seems like the important things slip away. Uh, the urgency just intensifies, and we get more and more into that, and we start uh, just getting stuck and, and messed up with uh, just basic things. I don't know about you, but you know, every great, great once in a while for me, but every once in a while, uh, this kind of thing happens to me. They came out of nowhere, sir. How many of them? We don't know. Dozens. All right, let's teach these freaks some manners. Good luck out there, Captain. Thanks, but I don't need luck. I have skill. my keys. All hands, we are looking for the captain's keys again. They are on a silver carabiner. Oh, this is bad. You know, it's just some of those basic things, uh, and the urgency just gets compounded and goes and goes and goes. Well, we're in this series. We're wrapping it up today. Uh, we've used some of Craig Crescell from Life Church's material. When I was gone on vacation, we showed a couple of his sermons. And then uh, last week, we jumped back into it, kind of trying to close it up. Uh, those are some of the dates of the other subjects we've talked about. And again, you can find that all that, uh, those online, uh, or you can stop off at guest services and pick up a, a CD and those kinds of things. But, you know, we're, we're into this idea of choosing the important over the urgency. And it seems like that's just such a battle. We end a week, and we see all these urgent things that kind of had to get done, but the important thing that would really move life down uh, the field just, just doesn't happen. And we just feel like there's just not enough of us uh, to go around. And we just feel that, and it's just, it's just heavy. And we, we, wish, we wish that we could have somebody join us and kind of pick up some of the kind of the slack in our lives. Uh, I remember when this uh, little commercial came out, and I wanted one of these You'll see what I mean. But I could only do so much. That's when I had the idea to clone myself. Hey, Betty. That do it for you? With hundreds of pings, I can do anything. From helping people with their taxes. Are you two brothers? No, clones. To promoting driver safety. To mentoring young people. I mean, my wife gets a little confused sometimes. Morning, sleepy-doo. But it's definitely made the community a better place. What's the matter, sleepy-doo? <laughs> we all wish we could have some clones. And as of right now, I don't think they're available yet. Give us another five, ten years, maybe you could have a clone. But in, until then, until then, we've got to come to terms with all this stuff. 
all these things that are happening in our lives. And what I've, I've discovered myself is I've tried to balance those kinds of things out, deal with the urgent, not let them always uh, take over, overshadow the important things in lives. One of the things I've noticed is that there are people out there that seem to be able to navigate. There are people that seem to really be able to invest, leverage their lives in the important things and the urgent things don't seem to be tripping them up as much. So all of a sudden I realize, I go, what, what do they do? They have like 28 hours in a day? No, they, they have the same schedule, same amount of time, all of that that I have. So, so something's going on differently. And if you, if you bump into these people and you have a moment to actually say, how do you get it all done? First of all, they say, I don't get it all done. And then they would say, I have time for the things I really want to get done. Said another way, we have times for what we choose to have time for. And that may seem a little unfair. That may say, well, you don't know my life. You haven't walked in my shoes. And, and that's probably absolutely true. But this earth has been spinning for a number of years. And there definitely seems to be some people who have learned how to not be controlled or governed by the urgent. Uh, urgent things happen, they navigate through them, but they seem to get enough progress in the important things, so as time marches on, they're at a, they're at a better place because they haven't allowed the urgent to, to overshadow uh, the important. And Jesus was famous for being able to do this himself. Uh, Jesus was very busy. Jesus was very uh, engaged with life. Jesus had lots of things going on and lots of people grabbing for his time. And those of us who have been in church while for a little while, we know, well, well, Jesus was the son of God, you know, he's deity, so of course he can handle that. But, but we also see he got tired. We see him eating. So he experienced life like a human being. He was fully man, fully God. Hard to figure out and get our minds wrapped around that, but, but that's what he was. And yet somehow he is able to not let the urgent overshadow the important. And he lives that way. And it's interesting that in Luke chapter 10, verse 38, we're gonna see a little story. And the story's not about him the story is about some other people in his life. And it's interesting that this is, this is in the place in Luke where you have the Good Samaritan. Some of us may be familiar with the story of the Good Samaritan. Um, loving your neighbor. Jesus has asked the question about who was my, first of all, how do I have a relationship with God? How do I get all set for eternity? And uh, Jesus goes back to this teacher of the law and says, well, what do you think? And he says, basically, love God and love others. Love people as your neighbor. And then the guy wants to get off the hook about loving neighbors because it's easier in some ways to love God <laughs> than love your neighbors. And he says, well, who's my neighbor? And then he tells the Good Samaritan story. So he explains what it means to love your neighbor, love others. And then we move on and we pick up where he's at after that moment in Luke chapter 10, uh, verse 38. That's page 725 in that Bible around you. If you don't have it, it happen in your own personal copy of God's Word, paper version, you want one, please feel free to take that. Also, you version, you can download onto any electronic device and have every transition, translation out there 
right on your phone, right on your tablet or whatever. But uh, in, in verse 38, we see this story start. We see, and Jesus and his disciples were on their way. He came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to them. She had a sister called Mary. So all of a sudden, we've seen earlier, we saw how to love our neighbor. And now I want you to come with eyes. You're going to see how to actually love God. And that is a thing that, or an idea or a concept that really informs how we wrestle with important over urgency. And so this is unfolding like this way, and, and Mary and Martha, you know, they're, they're, they're getting things ready. I'm sure they, they got a text message from their brother Lazarus. Jesus is on his way. Get the house ready. Get the food going. And, and so they're all, they're all doing this thing, and, and they're getting ready for this. But we're going to see that uh, as things unfold, it doesn't go as you might expect it to go. And I don't know about you, but, uh, you know, it's getting to be community group time, and, and you have people in your homes, and when it's time to have people in your homes, there's this, there's this scramble to get it ready. At least there was, especially when our girls were in middle school and senior high, uh, in high school, there would be this scramble. There was homework, there was fighting, disagreements, there was get the kitchen clean, get this clean. And so all this craziness would go on. And then all of a sudden, the doorbell would ring, and it would be something like this. You started it. You sit down. You sit down. That's what would happen. It would be like craziness, doorbell. And then all of a sudden I realized they can hear us when they're on the porch before they ring the doorbell. But anyway, but, but you know, it's kind of going on like that. And I can imagine Mary, Martha, you know, it's just, it's just crazy. And so they're getting ready. Jesus, Jesus has been to their home a number of times, so they're used to it. But it's Jesus. And so, you know, let's get things ready. And uh, it's all unfolding, and they're getting things ready. And the minute he gets, the doorbell rings. Jesus comes in, and all of a sudden, Mary, uh, Martha's sister, sits at the feet, at the Lord's feet, listening to what he has to say. All of that stops. It's like the doorbell was rung. Everything stops, and Mary lands at Jesus' feet. Because what Mary gets, and we're going to see this, and I, I'm going to get to this, hopefully, the difference between uh, Mary and Martha, and I don't want to throw Martha under the bus because we need Martha's, and uh, we need Mary's and, and all of that. But uh, immediately, Mary says, I I'm, I'm switching gears now. The house is good enough. Jesus is here. Now I, I need to uh, sit at his feet. You see, Martha instead continues to pursue the urgent and misses out on the important. She keeps going. She should have just ordered a pizza. But she just keeps going, and now there's all this stuff in the kitchen. Jesus is in their living room, and Mary is at the feet. We read on in verse 40, it says, But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. That's interesting, that had to be made. Isn't that an urgent kind of comment? Aren't there things in life that we feel have to be done, have to be made, have to be whatever, and they really don't? Now, I'm not advocating all of a sudden you stop doing everything. 
but there's a difference between urgency and important. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. I think she probably stamped her feet a little bit. I don't know what she did, but, uh, but and she was right. Come on, Mary. Martha's the oldest. How many of us are older? How many of us got stuck doing stuff with the younger kids running around doing their own thing? Yes, absolutely. Still scarred by that. <laughs> Poor Martha. Mary is just so self-centered. No, this, we're going to see that Jesus actually says, Mary, this is awesome. Martha, don't be so distracted. We have to ask ourselves, and I have to ask myself probably a couple times a day, what's the most important thing you or me have been distracted from doing? Day ends, and all of a sudden I realize I, got, I was busy, I was active, but I got to be distracted from doing the important thing. You know, wh wh why does that happen? And it happens often, and it just continues to happen. And we... <laughs> This is pretty great ring. I can't, have to, I can't fake it. I don't hear it anymore. <laughs> That's awesome. That's okay. It, it's happened to me, too. I've been at a big meeting, and my phone's gone off, so it just happened. So, Distracted by the urgent. <laughs> I knew it was that side. You're me. Usually, you know, when a baby's crying or something, and we love babies, so I'm happy to have them here. So if a baby's crying, that's great and all that. There's churches that don't have babies, so they don't ever hear a baby cry. So I'm loving hearing babies cry, but I just kind of try to block it out of my mind and pretend it's not happening. But that was a great ringer. But anyway, so you got Martha, and I love Martha because Martha has a type A personality. She's a doer. She's hospitable. She's on it. I like those people. But, but, there's a downside. It stresses her out. She becomes self-focused, which leads to self-pity and resentment. And she becomes anxious about the wrong things. We need Martha's. And who knows, maybe Mary at times is like Martha. But in this moment, in this moment, she goes for what's important rather than what was urgent. You see, Mary is at Jesus' feet. When Bill was talking about renewing himself spiritually, he talked about getting into the Word. He talked about the idea of getting into God's presence. Today we would say, or back then they would say, that was being at Jesus' feet. You see, what gives us strength, what gives us discernment about what's important, what's urgent, is sitting at Jesus' feet. A friend of mine this week uh, sent me a, a little email that said, people that sit, it didn't say it this way, but people that sit at the feet of Jesus, spending time with him at least four times a week, have growth in their life as a human being, as a Christ follower, that can't compare with someone who doesn't. You see, Mary knew that she needed to sit at Jesus' feet. There's, there's three other times where it talks about Mary being at the feet of, Jer of Jesus, and really, it's a, it's a position of worship. And, and she does this. In John 11, we were, when Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you'd been here, my brother Lazarus 
would not have died. Some of us know that story. Jesus is delayed on purpose, doesn't show up. He heals all these other people, people he doesn't know, but doesn't heal Lazarus, his buddy, Mary's brother. Mary falls at his feet. Worship, center, importance, all that goes along there. Remember, worship, something that's worth to you. It's worth something. Another time, Mary took a pint of pure nard, very expensive stuff, expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. Again, worship at the feet. If you and I are a Christ follower, and we're not at the feet of Jesus regularly, and I'm going to be very legalistic, at least four times a week, then something's up. It's not happening. I like the way the message explains this verse. Mary, who sat before the master, hanging on every word. I had asked myself, do I hang on the words? Do I hang on what God says to me? Do I show it's worth something to me? Or do I kind of do it on the side? I kind of like sometimes I'm in my, my chair where I do my quiet time reading and uh, the TV's right over there and I want to catch the first 10 minutes of the news and I kind of like rush through the last few seconds. I hear what Jesus says to me. I even write it down. I've shared with that before, but I really don't. I'm writing like on automatic pilot. I'm really not reading what I'm reading. Sometimes after I read it later, it's really weird, but most of the time it's right on and because and I want to watch the news. I'm showing what's worth something to me. The news in that moment is worth more than being at the feet of Jesus. This week, this week, this Wednesday, at 1 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, the new iPhone announcement comes out. <laughs> it's in my calendar. Don't call me between 1 and 3. And if you do, I'm not answering, even if you call back, because I'm watching to see what the new iPhone 10 is going to be like because I've set it up so I can get one. And then next Friday, when the pre-order comes on sale, and it's one no, it's uh, 3 o'clock in the morning, my alarm's going to go off, and I'm going to get up and get online as quick as I can get and get my super-duper 10S Plus iPhone, and it's going to be there by next Friday. That's worth something to me. I don't even want to go about this this afternoon. Oh, don't judge me, man. Don't judge me. But you do it too. And you're great. You help me out. You help me out a lot. You know why? Because every time I go to Cindy, I'm getting a new iPhone. She goes, that's a lot of money. I said, well, I don't have a gun. I don't have an ATV. I don't have a horse. I don't have any of these things. I don't have a tractor. I don't have any of these super duper tools. I have none of that. All I want is a phone. <laughs> if that works for you, let me know. <laughs> you see, and this, I got to switch gears quickly. Worship must undergird everything. <laughs> what are you worshiping? 
It's okay to worship Jesus and iPhone down here. Well, Cindy's in between, but the iPhone right there. Then the kids, okay. But, uh, you know, worship must undergird everything. You're not going to make progress with urgency and importance unless you're at the feet of Jesus regularly. It's not going to happen. You're fooling yourself. Once a week, coming to church, that's great, but going to a community group, that's great, but, but if you're not into it, and if it's not worship, if it's not value, uh, you, you know, and it's not because I have to because I'm a pastor, but I get up a little bit earlier because it's worth more than sleep to me. As I shared last week, that means that I need to go to bed a little earlier. So when I do get up, I'm actually, actually up. What you worship affects your importance, urgency. Worship must undergird everything. So I ask you, I ask myself, how do you affirm the worth of God? I tell you, even though the music was great, Mike was right on, it sounded great, it was powerful. If that is it, that is so substandard for worship. How much do you worship him? How much does he own you, occupy your thoughts and your mind? Now, if you're not a Christ follower, if you haven't said yes to God, I don't expect you to be there. That's okay. You're still trying to hopefully figure these things out. And hopefully those of us who are are actually sometimes, maybe most of the time, actually giving an example that somebody else could follow. We're not always good at that. We fail a lot of times. So don't totally ride your decision to following Christ on a Christian's example or you're going to have trouble, look to Christ. But back to this, how do you affirm the worth of God? It's more than Sunday mornings, even though I like Sunday mornings. Paul says this, he says, in view of God's mercy, to off, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, wholly pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. The way you show worship that he's worth something, is you give himself, give yourself to him. Bill talked about that. They had to give themselves to God, and that started the process of Papua New Guinea. And when I hear that, I'm scared to death. I don't want to go to Papua New Guinea. Sorry, where are you? I, I don't like it. As you can tell, the church is really nice to me. The reason it's so cold in here is because it's me. It's my fault. Blame me. I can't stand it hot. Last night, I didn't open up the windows. I turned the air conditioner on as low as it would go, shut all the windows, and that was our room. Cindy had an extra blanket over her head because I can't stand it hot. So I go, I don't want to go to Papa Goody. But God is not that way. God is like, I'm going to pick the thing you hate, the thing that's terrible, and when you say, I'll never do that, then when you say that, he's up. Because <laughs> he's going to do that to you. No, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. So we offer our life. We offer our life. It's a living sacrifice. The hard thing about being on the altar is it gets hot on the altar. There's a living sacrifice. You want to get off. Woo, it's kind of hot. And that's our true and proper worship. Sunday singing is the icing on the cake. But for too long, Christ followers just eat icing. 
And if you just eat icing, you get sick. And if you don't get sick, you just get fat. Not a good combination. That's what happens. And some of us are in that boat when it comes to spiritual things. And I I hate to say it. That's just the way it is. Love the way Eugene Peterson just kind of breaks this down. He translates idea for idea, not word for word, concept for concept. God helping you take your everyday ordinary life, not super spiritual, not special life, your ordinary life, your sleeping life, your eating life, your going to work life, and your walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God has done, does for you, is the best thing you can do for him. It's not on your own. You just give him. He's given you this life, and you give it back to him. Right back to Mary and Martha. Martha, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Jesus' response for those of us who had never read it before, would be, yeah, I wonder what Jesus is going to say. Jesus is going to say, Mary, get off the floor, get in the kitchen and help your sister. I think I said that to Sarah Hannah Mariah. Well, at least once. But anyway, that's what they're going to say, right? That's what Jesus is going to say. No, Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken from her. She knew what was important over the urgency. And I think that happened because she was at Jesus' feet. I don't think this was the first time. Martha wasn't. Again, it's great to be a doer. It's great to get things but we want to love God and love others. But our loving others, even serving others, gets messed up when there really isn't at the feet of Jesus time, when there really isn't loving God time. It, 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 just, it just messes things up. Now, what I'm going to do now is, uh, what I want you to do is I'm going to put this online Choosing the important, I've got like three things with some sub things. I'm not going to, we don't have time to go through it now. But I'm going to want you to go through that and take a look at it. They're pretty clear cut. You don't need to hear my voice as you read these online. And don't try to copy them. I'm getting to the end. So someone's going, oh, oh he's, ha, 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 I like doing this. Yeah, there we are. These three are pretty important, but uh, you'll get them all online. They'll all be there. Whoops, there it goes. But this is what I want you to hear. When we embrace the important, beginning with at Jesus' feet time, we won't be embraced by the urgent. You get that? When we embrace the important, we won't find ourselves being constricted and embraced by the urgent. And it starts with Jesus. It starts with admitting you need him in your life. Admitting you're out of step with him. It means believing that he can set your life right, beginning with the forgiveness of our sins, being out of step with him. It involves choosing to invite Christ into your life as the one you're going to follow. And then that last one, in a sense, is an ongoing process because daily we have to decide who 
we are going to follow. And that has to have real, not token, at the feet of Jesus' time. Has to happen that way. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we just, uh, we're blown away by this story about Mary and Martha. We see who we are most of the time. We, at least me, I like Martha better than Mary. But Mary was the one who realized the doing had to come out of being with you. Lord, life can be so crazy. How do we filter things through? It starts by knowing you, walking with you, saying yes to you. And then daily, regular time at your feet. So as we face each day filled with urgent things, we'll find ourselves not being embraced or captivated by them as much. And when our heads hit the pillow at the end of the day, most of the time, we'll wake up the next morning knowing that I lived my previous day with importance, not just urgency. We ask for your help with this. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.